Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion, Useless NBA Trivia and Garbage Rankings. If this is your first time, make sure to check out the Season 1 trailer so you know what we're doing. We're going to hop right in. We're talking about the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks, for their uh, in the franchise history, very good. 50.5 winning percentage. They've won just over half of the games they've played in their 43 seasons. Now, they started in 1980. First year of the three-point line. Now, 1980 is one of the probably five most important years in NBA history. It kind of extends from 80 to 84. You can consider them two separate eras. Uh, but in their first season, they only won 15 games. Not great, but you kind of expect that from expansion franchises. But up to 38 games in their third year. By their fourth year, a playoff team, 44 wins. Uh, they made the playoffs every year from 84 to 88, including two 50-win seasons. They made the conference finals in 1988 behind the might of Derek Harper, Brad Davis, a young Detlef, Sam Perkins, nice little Roy Tarpley action. But Mark Aguirre was the star of the 90s, and Rolando Blackman was his, uh, was his number two guy. Now that one-two punch lasted throughout the entire 80s until Aguirre got traded to the uh, to the Pistons for Dantley and it worked out way better for the Pistons than for the Mavericks. After 47 win 1990 season, they didn't make the playoffs all the way until 2001. 11 straight, and there was a lot of talent in that time too. I mean, they had they had Blackman for the first couple years in the 90s, and then they had that trio of Jim Jackson, Jamal Mashburn, and Jason Kidd. Young guys, two great scorers, and an all-time distributor and defensive defensive point guard. I'm not gonna get too into too much into the rumors of why they broke up, but you can look up Dallas Mavericks, Tony Braxton, find out for yourself. And of course, that's just rumors. Uh, by 98, their franchise, the franchise got their first burst of really good luck. It, they didn't draft him, but they traded for him on draft day getting Dirk Nowitzki and in that same offseason they picked up Steve Nash. Now Nash was like the third point guard for the Suns at that time. Nowitzki was this unknown with hints of rumors of the German Larry Bird and I'm going to get into more why Dirk struggled his rookie year uh, in a little bit. Steve Nash comes into a huge play there uh, but only 19 wins in that 50 game uh, lockout season. But by 2001, 53 wins, 60 wins in 2003 with a Western Conference Finals appearance, their second in franchise history. 2004 is a really weird year for them. They ended up getting Anton Jameson and uh, and Antoine Walker. Jameson coming off the bench. And there is this faux-loaded team that just didn't do much, and they got wrecked in the first round. And they panicked and dished Steve Nash back to Phoenix and he became a superstar so they lost that trade but it worked out okay for the Mavericks I guess uh, they end up going to the 06 finals all-time collapse you can talk about Dwayne Wade's 16 free throws a game during that series uh, it's not great not great but they still did collapse and then they collapsed again in 07 67 win team Dirk Nowitzki, MVP, bounced in the first round by an eight seed, the We Believe Warriors. Uh, the next few seasons, you know, 50 wins, 51 wins, uh, and Dirk was seen as this offensive stat-padding guy who, who couldn't lead his team to a championship, and that was just it. That's just who he was. Of course, in 2011, he proved them all wrong. 
Just a perfectly constructed team of a bunch of old dudes who fit together really well. A lot of role players centered around Dirk uh, and an all-time upset of the, the, the Heatles, Miami Heat. And they basically conceded the next year. They didn't resign Tyson Chandler. They're just like, yeah, Dirk got a championship. We're fine. Uh, and then a couple, you know, decent years, 50 wins. And then a stretch of missed playoffs as Dirk aged. He played 21 seasons with the Mavericks. That's unbelievable. And then in 2018, another draft day miracle. The foolish Hawks trade Luka Doncic for Trey Young. And he's become their focal point. They made the Western Conference Finals again last year. That's their fifth in franchise history. And now this year is not great. They traded for Kyrie, missed the playoffs. Not really sure where it's going. I don't have high hopes. But they do have one of the most electrifying offensive players the NBA has ever seen. So just to kind of recap the franchise history, three 60-win teams two of which came in back-to-back -back years in 06 and in 07, and then the other one in, in 2003. They made the finals twice, of course, won one, the Western Finals three other times, bounced out of the first round so, so many times. 13 first-round exits. That is a lot, but let's get to the rankings. First-team point guard, Derek Harper. Yeah, Derek Harper. <laughs> I'll get to why Luca's not point guard, not first-team point guard in about 30 seconds here. Uh, Derek Harper, though, very steady point guard for the entire 80s and then early 90s. For his career with the Mavs, a 14-6 and six on 47% shooting. That's pretty good. Had a really nice Knicks career after he left the Mavs. Uh, he was never an all-star, never an all-NBA guy. He was all-defensive team twice in 87 and 1990. Big-time steal guy, 15th all-time in NBA steals. And then among Mavericks players, he's still their franchise leader in assists with 5,000, all-time leader in steals. He's third in games, almost 900 games played with the Mavs. Just steady, top probably 10 to 15 point guard for 10 straight years. That's, that's solid. We'll take that for a decent franchise that's had really only one era. First team shooting guard. So this is Luka Doncic. I will never understand why he's listed as a point guard. Usually I take the basketball reference stuff, that's that's where we start, that's what it's, if he's labeled a point guard, there he's a point guard, but he doesn't play like a point guard, he doesn't look like a point guard, he's not built like a point guard. I just do not understand that. He's a bona fide shooting guard, and the last three years he's played with really good point guards that have been listed as shooting guards. So I don't I don't understand that. Uh, Beluka all-time score, 26 or 27.6 points per game. Now he's shy of 10,000 for his career, so he doesn't count for career points per games record, but that would be third all time behind MJ and Wilt. Just starting off like a monster. Somehow his second season, he was 23rd in all defensive voting shares. I don't really get that one. He's one of the worst defensive stars in the league, but he's been all NBA first team every single season since his second season in the league. That's something LeBron, KD, something that they didn't do. That's like Tim Duncan territory, although. Timmy got his rookie year too, so give up to him there. He's also second in playoff points per game, 32.5 points per game in the playoffs. And that includes a really good 2022 run when he took him to the Western Finals. But his scoring is only the half of it. His second year, he averaged almost 29 points, nine rebounds, and nine assists per game. And he couldn't even drink at that time. He was 20 years old. Now you can criticize his lack of effort defensively. He's kind of a ball stopper. You know, that's kind of confusing for people when you look at high assist guys. Um, but the ball has to go through him and his usage percentage is unbelievably high. 
and that's not just really winning basketball all the time. Uh, but he's 23, that's gonna change in the next couple years. I think he's too great not to be amazing. Uh, first team, small forward. We mentioned him up top, Mark Aguirre. For people new to uh, NBA history, Mark, Mark Aguirre was one of those great scorers of the 80s, a time of really good wing scoring. He only made three all-star teams in 84, 87, 88. Uh, but during his time with Dallas, 25 points per game, shooting 49% from the field. He was just a bucket, almost 30 points a game in his third season. That 84 season, not going to break into it too much here, but there was a lot of scoring going on that season between him and Bandaway and English, both in Denver. Just a lot going on. Uh, so he was traded at 29 to Detroit for Adrian Dantley and was... I don't know about the best score, but the best traditional wing scorer on the Pistons team. Now, the fact that his stats dipped so drastically when he finally played for a really good team is kind of telling. But he, I mean, 27 minutes a game for a championship team. What are you going to do? And the year before, he took his Mavericks to the conference finals. He was never All-NBA, never got a lot of MVP votes. But for his career, 20 points a game. Again, 25 points per game with the Mavericks. That's pretty good. Among all Mavs players, he's third in total points, almost 14,000, and second in points per game. Again, 24.6, just behind Luka. First team power forward. Uh, this is a tough one. Did a lot of research, bounce back and forth. Ultimately ended up with, uh, with Dirk Nowitzki, believe it or not. 21 seasons with the same team. That is the most among any player ever. Timmy played 19. Stockton played 19, Kobe played 20. 21 seasons with the same freaking franchise. Now Dallas, they'd only been around for about 20 years when he was drafted, but there's not a lot of, you know, a Western Conference Finals team, a bunch of first round exits, it was just whatever. So taking a big swing on Dirk Nowitzki, I mean, it, that's what it was. It was a big swing, ninth overall, and to get Steve Nash in that offseason. Now you guys know about all of his offensive prowess. He can score from anywhere. His rebounding is weird. He never averaged 10 a game in the regular season, but in the playoffs, averaged 10 a game for eight straight seasons. Actually averaged 10 a game for his playoff career, 7.5 in the regular season. So that's, that's uh, he's clutch. You know, he steps up when he needs to. He's the first, uh, first true deadly three-point shooter as a big man. But that rookie season is really interesting to me because especially back then, international players generally started slow. You don't see like guys like Luca. You didn't see that 20 years ago. Now he was homesick. He wanted to go back to Germany. He hated it here. Now, and the one person that was credited, according to uh, Mark Stein, with uh, with keeping him, with getting him right and wanting, getting him to want to stay there, that was Steve Nash. So that Steve Nash signing was more important than we could have seen. So maybe if he doesn't end up in Dallas, maybe if he stays with the Bucks who drafted him, maybe he never makes it in the NBA. He just goes home, you know. And then you see other guys like you see other guys like Darko Milicic who never who had had those same issues, but didn't have that guy that would keep him right and keep him inspired to play basketball and hang out with him and teach him how to be a freaking adult, you know? So it's just crazy how that works to me. And there's a thousand more stories going each way. And just a reminder that NBA, it's not all about talent. First team center. Now, the Mavericks are <laughs> heavily lacking in centers. I'm going James Donaldson. He only played seven years with Dallas for his Mavericks career. Solid nine and nine, 55% from the field, block and a half a game. He was an all-star in 88, so that's something. That was the same year that they went to the uh, the conference finals. 
Now, for our Clippers fans who didn't take enough of a beating in in the uh, Clippers pod, James Donaldson played two and a half years with the Clippers before coming to Dallas. He said when he went to Dallas, it was like dying and going to heaven. And Dallas wasn't even that good. That's how dysfunctional the Clippers were. But that lineup was star-studded. He's had an interesting uh, post-NBA career, not that interesting of an NBA career. You know, he blocked, he rebounded, he was a big man. He's actually, uh, according to the New York Daily News, he was voted as the worst all-star player ever in that 1988 season. That's that's something. But I mean, second all-time in rebounds for the, for the Mavericks, third in blocks. I mean, he's a good solid player. There's just not a lot of great centers for the Mavs. So that's our first team, Derek Harper, Luka Doncic, Mark Aguirre, Dirk Nowitzki, and James Donaldson. Uh, second team, you can make an argument for two guys. I think it's really, really obvious that it's Steve Nash. He played six seasons with Dallas. He made two all-star teams, uh, averaging 15 points, seven assists a game, while shooting 47, 40, and 90, which is really good. But those percentages look like nothing compared to his uh, to his Phoenix stats, looking at them side by side. Now he was all NBA twice with the Mavericks, which I think people forget. People think that he came to the Suns and just burst onto the scene because of the hand check rules. He was third team twice in 02 and 03. He was third in assists per game in the league in 2004. He was still a very, very good player. And that all NBA thing, that's something, that's what put me over the top with him at second team, because the two other guys you could be looking at didn't make all NBA teams. Of course, he got toasted in the 2004 playoffs in the first round. They lost four to one to the Kings, thanks to a 36 point performance by uh, by Mike Bibby in game five. Shot 60% from the field, six of eight. And that's what's like, yeah, that's what made the Mavericks think, you know, maybe we don't need this defensive sieve guiding our team. Of course, they probably want that one back. Second team shooting guard, Rolando Blackman. There's another NBA player who's far more recent, recent named Ronaldo Balkman. Like, what are the odds? You have, that's just, that's always been weird to me, and I feel like nobody's ever mentioned it on a podcast before, so here I am. He played 11 seasons in Dallas, longer than Mark Aguirre. Uh, they were in that same kind of era. He was the number two scorer for a while for the team. Uh, yeah, solid 19 points a game, 50% for his career from the field, hit a good percentage of his threes, uh, didn't really rebound, didn't really pass. I think he'd be a really good, he'd be a really good Benny Johnson for a great team. Like, he could be the sixth man and score, you know, 18 points a game in 26 minutes. Uh, but he wasn't used that way, and that's that's no insult to him. Four-time All-Star, never made the All-NBA team, but among all Mavericks players, second in points, 16,000, fourth in games, 865. He's from the lovely nation of Panama. It's between Lackman, Luka, Dirk, technically Nash. A lot of good foreign-born players on the uh, the Mavericks. Thirteen, uh, second team small forward going Michael Finley. Finn Dao. He came the year about a year and a half before uh, before Dirk Nowitzki was drafted. He was part of that '96 trade that sent Kidd to the Suns when they broke up uh, Jackson, Marshall, and, and Kidd. So he would have spent uh, 27 games playing with Steve Nash in Nash's rookie season. Really good. You know, he's just the classic. 22 points, five rebounds, five assists, shoot 45% from the field, hit a three a game at 35%. Just that very traditional wing player. That's That was really, really popular, I'm really all the time, but definitely during that time. He made the All-Stars a couple times, and he was really important for that run and gun offense that they 
that they not necessarily popularized because I mean the Magic Johnson exists, but it was really important for the uh, for the early 2000s during that slow it down period. Uh, but he got older. He started just being kind of a three point threat. So he was waived by Dallas in uh, in 2005, signed with the Spurs, who just won a title in 2005, and then watched his Mavericks beat his Spurs in the Western Conference Finals. Huge bummer. He took a, a shot below the belt by Jason Terry during that series. Not great. Uh, Finley, fourth all-time in Maverick steals, 10th in assists, most importantly, fifth in points. One of five guys with 10,000 points for the Mavs. 12,300 and change. As well as being fourth in three-point field goals. Pretty much uh, one of only a couple non-modern players to make that list since the uh, three-point boom. Second team power forward going with Sammy Perkins. Sam Perkins. Kind of a drifter between small forward, power forward. Sometimes even played center, uh, but most of the time considered a power forward. There were times he looked like a really good three-point shooter like he did with Indiana late in his career. Uh, there were times in the middle of his career he'd shoot 20% for the season. But then there were other times, like on January 15th, 1997, where he'd hit eight three-pointers without a miss. Tied an NBA record. That's pretty cool. Of course that wasn't with Mavericks, so what do we care? He didn't get you a lot of rebounds, scored a couple buckets, 15 a game for his Dallas career. Now he was on that uh, 82 Tar Heels team, UNC team with James Worthy and Michael Jordan winning a title. That's pretty cool. USA Male Basketball Player of the Year in 1984. Ultimately he ends up kind of high on some lists, third in total rebounds, ninth in points. You could do worse as a as a power forward, but the fact that he's on the second team kind of proves that this franchise ain't too great. Second team center, Sean Bradley, the guy everyone just loved to dunk on. Now he's definitely one trick pony, blocked a lot of shots and that's it. He was seven foot six, didn't grab rebounds, couldn't score, couldn't shoot, didn't take free throws, didn't make free throws, didn't pass, but swatted a lot of freaking shots. I think if we talked about his triple double, just boom for a year and a half, a few podcasts ago, so I'm not gonna cover that. Uh, but for his Mavs career, 2.1 blocks per game. And that includes uh, when he was old and not blocking a lot of shots the last couple years. But that 2.1 per game, that's uh, first in franchise history. He's blocked 1,250 total shots, just 31 behind dirt in, you know, 12 fewer seasons. So that's our second team, Steve Nash, Rolando Blackman, Michael Finley, Sam Perkins and Shad Bradley, third team, point guard going Jason Kidd. Now again, like he won a title, he won Rookie of the Year, two separate stints in Dallas. Uh, he was drafted there, played two and a half seasons there, and then came back all the way in 2008 when he was 34 years old, won a title in 2010. Three All-Stars during his Dallas time. Uh, but again, he just didn't, he was never All-NBA. Was, this was not his peak when he was with Dallas. It was pre and post peak. And looking at those two Dallas runs, it really is a totally different player. He was such a bad three-point shooter, bad shooter in general. His first few years, 38% during his first stint with the Mavericks from the field, 27% from the three as a rookie. And then as he got older, just started draining them, 40% from the three, making two a game. He was really important for that 2011 team. I guess you could say he was their second best player. He had been an all-star the year prior. Uh, you know, their best perimeter defender. They had Sean Marion and, and Tyson Chandler to shore up the works uh, behind him. Their best distributor. He averaged eight assists a game that year. And I was a big Dwayne Wade fan, so uh, I kind of hated watching him lose in 2011 while LeBron was choking. But I loved that that 2011 team, just so many guys got their first title. Uh, I mean, Sean Marion, Dirt and Whiskey, obviously, Peja, 
Jason Kidd, a couple Hall of Famers, one maybe Hall of Famer, one could have potentially been a Hall of Famer in a different universe, all getting their first title after having great careers. Uh, I just love that. And Jason Kidd was a really important part of that. Second team shooting guard, Jason Terry, another guy who got his first title that season. Played eight years with Dallas. He, he was on both finals teams. The second leading scorer, the second best scorer at least on that title winning team. Averaged 18 points a game, shot 44% from the field in the 2011 playoffs. And this is ridiculous. In, in 2011, second round where they swept the Lakers and you know, everybody got body checked by Andrew Bynum. He shot 68% from three. That is something else. He's second all-time in threes made for the uh, for the Mavs, 1100, and for his all for his all-around NBA career among all NBA players, eighth in three-pointers made, 2200, top 25 in uh, playoff threes made. Bit of a heat check guy, 38% from his from the uh, three from his career, but just a weapon, you know. Sixth man of the year in 09, just a piece that you kind of need on a on a championship team. Points off the bench. Uh, third team. Small forward Josh Howard somehow made an all-star in 2007, the year after the title failure and during that amazing season. 15 points a game during his seven years with Dallas. Uh, his career ended pretty abruptly after that, but a good 3 and D guy, peaked at 43% from the three. Was never all defense, but he got votes for straight years, so that kind of means something. Ultimately, he doesn't crack a lot of lists, but he was, you know, a good second banana on those mid-2000s. Uh, Mavericks teams and maybe the fact that he was their arguably second best player for a long stretch maybe that just shows that those teams were not ready to win a title because uh, the year after he left they ended up getting it with guys like Karan Butler, Deshaun Stevenson, Sean Marion filling in those minutes but as far as production goes he's their third best small forward in franchise history. Uh, power forward I gave Chris Tapps Porzingis a look here but I wanted Jay Vincent uh, only five seasons with Dallas 17 points, 6 rebounds a game, but his rookie year, 21.4 points, 7 rebounds, 50% from the field. It's pretty good, Jay. After he left Dallas, uh, his career just crumbled. Played with 5 teams over the next 4 seasons, and then went over to Italy to play. Uh, couldn't tell if he was good there, but he had an all-time excellent rookie season. It's probably a lot like Tyreek Evans, where it was all stats and didn't really help out that much based on the fact that they won 28 games and he never put up that kind of production again. With the franchise that has had so few great moments, I think it's fair to put him third team. And at the third team center, another huge swing, another huge stretch, Tyson Chandler. Only played two years with Dallas, one in 2011 and one in 2015. 2015 was pretty good, 10 points, 11 and a half rebounds. Really, he was pretty good with a lot of different teams. From 2002 to 2018, he's probably at his best when he was with the Knicks. That's when he was an all-star, an all-NBA guy. Uh, and those two uh, Dallas years kind of bookended it. And then back a couple years before with the Hornets, a lot of good seasons there. But he was the best defensive player, the anchor of a title team. He shot 65% from the field that season. And I could have considered putting him above Sean Bradley and because he won a title and he actually played two years with the Mavericks, uh, I could have done it. Um, but I do think Tyson Chandler is the type of player you can find in a lot of places. And he was always best when he played with a really good point guard. And of course, everybody plays better when you have a really good point guard. But for pogo stick centers that just grab rebounds and their main job is to be big, yeah, you can find that a lot of places. And for Sean Bradley, he just happened to be seven foot six. Hardest cuts, uh, Jim Jackson. 
four and a half years with Dallas. Could he have gone above Jason Terry? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. But 25.7 points per game in 95. Between him and Jamal Mashburn, who in 95 averaged 24.1 points per game. All right, that's a potent offense, you'd think, right? No, 36 wins. I just don't love empty calorie stat guys. And Josh Howard, his stats were a little worse, but I think he was more important to those teams. Uh, Brad Davis deserves at least a mention here. Long, long career with Dallas. He was the starter there before Derek Harper. Solid league average point guard for a long time. Roy Tarpley, five years with Dallas. Put up some nice stats. And then banned for substance abuse. So his career ended quickly. J.J. Barea, I loved what he did against LeBron. And, I mean, a five foot ten point guard trying to big dog LeBron in the finals. That's pretty cool. By the way, today's J.J. Barea's birthday. This is the uh, 26th I'm recording this. Happy birthday, JJ. Um, but ultimately, like, you know, he's just a, you know, good, solid, fun player. Nothing, nothing crazy. If you guys hate my wrong opinions, you can tweet me at wrongopinionnba. We will be back next week. We got one more team in this section called Single Era. It's a team that's made five NBA finals. Five finals. So how do they make it to this section? Well, they did all that with only one player. Can you figure out who that is? Until then, peace out.